podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I never forget the last time I went to Blockbuster. I went to the counter and I said, excuse me, I'd like to borrow Batman forever. And the guy said, sorry, you've got to bring it back Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Also, Blockbuster, throwback. Yeah, I know, right? That for, for kids listening, Blockbuster used to be a store you would go to. And it was like a little Netflix inside. But you had to give stuff back, which was sad. And sometimes you'd go there and they wouldn't have it in stock so that they only had like five editions of Batman Forever. And if you didn't get there early enough, you could Yeah, which is it. nuts. Which is nuts now. Like I've just been binging through Fargo. And if I went to Blockbuster and they're like, sorry, we don't have you gotta wait a few days because it's currently out and we're back like on Wednesday or Tuesday, I'll be like, what? No, I wanna like you understand, I wanna watch it right now, like right <laughs> this second. <laughs> like I wanna inject it into my veins. And they'll be like, sorry, you can't you can't inject it into your veins until at least Wednesday. Oh. Do you have anything else? Nope. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> it was a good way to play games as well. Do you remember Blockbuster? Because you'd like go and hire like the new FIFA would be out or something. And so you'd go get it for six days at Blockbuster or something. Yeah. And you get it in a box that was Blockbuster branded rather than the actual game, wouldn't you? Yeah. It'd be like, and it'd be a much bigger box than like if it was the disc or if it was even a VHS back in the day. And it would be like the box itself be way bigger than the actual item inside just to advertise Blockbuster in blue and yellow. Yeah. So there we go, Blockbuster. Get in touch. We are a free advertising fee. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. They don't exist anymore, do they? Well, like, that was a joke. Be, there it is. <laughs> this, could be, this could be their comeback. This yeah. podcast. We're going to revive Blockbuster. We've just given them the launch pad with our 20,000 downloads. I know, right? Yeah. Well, Good work, team. boys. Thanks to that one guy for downloading 20,000 20, times. <laughs> yeah. Didn't Appreciate realize he'd that. done it. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. to you, Nate. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. That is, I am that guy. Oh, but, uh, so, sorry, I completely forgot. What does that get out of 10, that joke? It gets a seven. Mm. Oh, no. Oh, the look on Nate's face, guys. Uh, it was disappointed. I thought that was one of the better ones of recent weeks, but I, I think seven solid. No, I'm, I'm with Beretta. Solid. It's like one of my race reviews. <laughs> oh, I'm excited by this one. Yeah. Well, let's intro and then we'll get straight into the race review, huh? Let's go, fans. Welcome to The Pad Hub, a podcast featuring stories following Formula One around the world. I'm Lawrence Bretto, senior writer at F1.com. And I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. And I'm Nate Saunders from ESPN. Now, we have a pod review under 15 seconds before we do the race review in 60 seconds uh, from Ed HBY Thrillingly uh, in the United States of America. And I think this actually came in after your first review, Nate, but I just didn't see it until this week. Um, <clears throat> so the pod review under 15 seconds is five stars. We're- goes podcast about f1 sometimes but mostly about paddock's puns uh nate's jokes solid medland love medland Barretto's hype train leaving the station nice that's a there's, some, there's some really good there's some good podcast references in there i like that yeah that's someone who <coughs> has listened so cheers because most of the reviewers haven't i've paid them but but that <laughs> one has yeah hp thrillingly as well is a good name yeah hope, i sure. hope i hope a real name and not made up that would be very sad was well, ed hby thrillingly um and yeah i i think it might be slightly made up but you know what screw made up stuff let's have something real let's have something kind of compelling and rich (laughs) sitting comfortably that's good it's gonna be 60 seconds of race review goodness 
race review gold. <clears throat> Here we go. Verstappen, dominant. Monte Carlo signs. Do you see what I did there? Lando Norris, what a superstar. Sergio Perez, he's getting better. Needs to keep getting better. Vettel, uh, I want the old stone cold. <laughs> Wrestling fans will get that one. Gasly, we love Gasly. He's fantastic. Hamilton, a bit moany. Stroll, pretty strong, I guess. Giv um, oh, sorry, Ocon. Uh, Trez Bond, Giovinazzi, good job. Got a point. Kimi uh, was 11th. Uh, Danny Rick, what is going on there? Uh, Fernando Alonso in 13th. Double fishing rod emoji. Russell and Latifi, congrats, Williams, I guess, on uh, 750 races. 16th, Yuki Sano, no, 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 no. Quite sad how the hype has died there. Um, Mazepin, fair play to Mazepin, actually had a pretty good weekend, kept it out of the wall, and beat Schumacher, which he hasn't done yet this season. Uh, Bottas, wheelnut. We've still got 10 seconds left, so Leclerc, sadness, pain, cry, emotion, Ferrari, gearbox, drive shaft, perché, why, why, porque, porque miseria. <laughs> That's outstanding. Porca <laughs> uh, miseria is a very funny Italian phrase, which literally translates as, I think, porky, porky poverty, but it's like, you know, it's like a statement of frustration. So, um, yeah. I mean... Yeah, it, that sums it up pretty well. That that was that was basically. I'm sure I heard what you've just said echoing around Monaco just before lights out yeah. on Sunday. I'm sure I think you, you probably did. You probably did, especially from like the epicenter of the pit lane. Um, so yeah. I think I think we found your calling, Nate. I think you should just do things in sixty seconds. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Just, please. And uh, yeah, <laughs> you've got real, real potential there. Sixty second, Nate. Yeah, <laughs> a nickname I mean, you wish you had. <laughs> yeah, a name I haven't been called ever. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, very, very well played. Very well played. It's um, good. yeah, that's that's. I like I like this sixty second review. I like them all, yeah. but um, so far, I think it's actually quite it's quite fun to do actually. And if and, anyone's got a review, if anyone's got a review that they'd uh, like to throw in, please do because yeah. as you've just heard, we'll read it out. Uh, on this very podcast we will oh, yeah your, your 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 pod review has to be well there we go pod review under 15 seconds is what we got mm -hmm. we'll, we'll stick with that if anyone's going to yeah. do it i um, like that i like that a lot and your best nate impression would be <laughs> oh um, god that's that's gonna be grim isn't it people doing nate impressions but but nate's not allowed to uh send in his own under 15 seconds <laughs> <laughs> it'll be from like nate It'll be like from like Nate thrillingly and stuff. <laughs> but I can tell you want to because of the amount of uh, voice notes you sent us. Yeah. Uh, just trying to show off your voice acting skills this week. I do think that there is a future for me in doing voice work. I do. I've got to say, I've got to say, you know, I think it's something it's strong. This is your true calling, Nate. <laughs> I mean, yeah, may, maybe we'll throw some more live into the pod as we go. Um, but I, I, I'm just going to respond to your actual review. I'm going to take this that direction. Yeah, I want to I know what you guys thought. Uh, pretty much spot on. Monte Carlos Science was a very <laughs> good shout. How have we not seen that before, or or have we? And are you just regurgitating an old line? No, I no. I, <clears throat> I had never seen it or, or or thought of it till um Saturday when I tweeted it, and I was like, that's actually pretty good. I'm wondering whether I've nabbed it from somewhere, but I don't think I have. Uh, but yeah, but we obviously used to have Sweet Carlos Signs from Sweet Caroline, but I think now we've got to update it. Monte Carlos Signs. I feel like you mentioned that quite a few times over the weekend. Yeah, I tweeted it. It feels twice. like it's already in history. As I feel exists. like, I feel like I'm the, I'm the kind of guy that if I say something funny once, I'm like, I'm going to say this a few times just <laughs> to make sure I really milk it. 
for everything it's worth. So yeah, I, I tweeted a few times. I might have texted a few people. It I was like, I was like, lol, Monte Carlo science. Am I right? And they were like, oh, that's quite good. I was like, great. Quite <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like feeding off of the, uh, off of the good times. I mean, it was, uh, it was pretty strong, but we should explain that the fear you have of nabbing it is because you do have a history of nabbing things. Yes. Where big you, history. you basically don't realize you've seen it or read it somewhere else and go, <laughs> wow. I mean, great idea. Where did that inspiration come from? And you throw it out and normally it's to one of us who has said whatever it is that you're saying. And we're like, yeah, we, 20 seconds ago. Or I'll tweet that. it and I'll be like, what a, what a great piece of, what a nugget of information. <laughs> and then Meadows, like I'll tweet and hit send and Meadows will read it and just look over at me like, dude, just said that. I was like, oh, oh, did you, oh, you said it. Okay. I knew someone did. I didn't know who or when. <laughs> and it was just you now. At least it's quite genuine, Nate. At least it's like you genuinely do think you're coming up with it. You're not just naturally stealing it from other people and passing it off. I mean, sometimes, sometimes I see something and I'll tell them now. I'm like, I'm Nate nabbing that. And I will tell them like brazenly, I'm taking it. Luke Smith's like, he, he'll always be like, here's one for you to Nate nab. And he'll send me like a link. I'm like, nice. Thanks, Luke. So yeah, Luke's, Luke's in on it. Luke's, one of, Luke's a Nate nab supporter. I mean, we're all Nate nab supporters because we're all Nate supporters. Ah. Yay. Yeah. Um, but as well, seeing as you did the review, like let's look at it overall, Nate. What did you think of the Monaco Grand Prix? Race wasn't great, but then I don't think Monaco Grand Prix is ever great, is it? But um still quite like it was like dramatic, I guess, ish, like with Bottas, who's gotta be like the only reason he's not the unluckiest man in F1 is because Charles Leclerc's there. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh yeah, I don't know, like <clears throat> It's a shame because Monaco is such a cool spectacle, but the race you just like as soon as Verstappen led into turn one, you're like, okay, I know he's going to win. Um, it was all right. Like I, I like I, I like that Hamilton had a bad weekend. I thought that was good for the championship. And, I don't um, think Lewis is going to like that he had a bad weekend. No, I don't think he will. But I thought it was funny that he'd spent you know weeks and weeks being like, yeah, you know, I think Max is really you know Max is the one under pressure and he's really showing us you know he's really showing a lot of himself to me and then Lewis goes and has that that kind of race where he's then on the radio like having a big moan and he's like it wasn't me it was the team it's quite interesting because Lewis always says he doesn't play mind games but I think he sometimes over I think he does and I think he does it like too far like he'll, he'll almost he, he thinks he's so good at the game that he's like yeah I don't know I don't know if you guys think the same but I just thought it was quite funny how that played out I just lost the game you bastard oh sorry yeah, so did I um but it's funny you should say that. I'm pretty sure it was in the Sunday presser. Let's see if I can find the direct quote from Max. But you know the way Lewis was saying how Red Bull are making the mistakes and that Mercedes can't rely on Red Bull to keep making mistakes, um, but that they have kind of been the ones that have tripped up a few more times. Max kind of spun that round and said somewhere that um, like it's good that they that Red Bull haven't made now haven't made as many mistakes as Mercedes. Um, so, like, I think it was, like you say, like, Lewis was trying to put the pressure on a bit and the stuff he's saying. Uh, here we go, yeah. Uh, first of all, actions always speak louder than words. I think that it's a good lesson after this weekend. You know you have to talk on the track. Uh, that's what I like. And, yes, we, as a team so far, made the smallest mistakes, and that's why we're ahead. So I hope we can keep that going for the rest of the season. So he kind of just takes exactly what Lewis was, like, kind of accusing Red Bull and Verstappen of yeah. and spins it around on him, which I like. There's a little bit going on there, isn't there? There's a little bit of a... A little bit of needle, tiny bit. This was the first weekend I thought where there is that you really get that feeling that they're starting to like nip at each other just yeah, just yeah. a little bit, and I don't think it's going to take much for one of them to to snap and then for them to really go up at it. But do you remember the first like Rosberg Hamilton year? It was like nicey nicey, 
right up until Monaco that year, the first year. And that's when Rosberg parked it <clears throat> at Mirab- Well, Spain, they kind of, there was some stuff there, but Monaco, so Monaco seems to be where like Lewis especially is just like, I don't know, maybe he's just because he's so close to home. He's like, fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> but um, I like it because you need to have some like needle between the two championship contenders. Mm-hmm. I actually so, thought it was going to be Toto and Christian who would get a bit mouthy towards each other first in this yeah. battle. But I actually think it's going to be the drivers who, who crack first. So my favourite game to play is whenever Christian Horner's doing an interview <clears throat> is to time how long it is before he makes any kind of dig at Toto Wolff. Like it, will be, <laughs> it might be unprompted. Sometimes it's just unprompted and he'll be like, um, he'll be talking, talking. And he'll be like, yeah, you know, I know Toto. So, I mean, Toto seems to know everyone's business, doesn't he? <laughs> Which is what he's been doing a lot about the flexi wings. But he loves doing that. And like, you can tell that like genuinely there's animosity between them. And it's really, it's really funny. Um, but yeah, play that game next time he's talking. I think that there was one at the weekend thing on the Saturday where it was literally 15 seconds and it was he just dropped it in like the question wasn't about Wolf it was just about the wings and he was like well obviously you know Toto Wolf is the guy who dictates the rules in Formula One so <laughs> it was like nice like this this is fun speaking of um little aside but of like people that clearly don't like each other and love a dig um obviously Max Mosley died yesterday or day before and we found out yesterday um but there's there's an unverified story from uh him that always seems to crop up and i i think it's true but we've never actually had it i mean we weren't there to find out for sure but he clearly clearly did not like ron dennis like mm. those two did not get on but when there was the whole spygate scandal and there was the 100 million dollar fine uh allegedly what max said to ron was uh it's a it's million dollars for the infraction and 99 million because you're a, and I won't even use the word that he used, but that's what he allegedly allegedly what he said. Um, And from their history that they had, it was quite clear that that's something he would have said or would have thought, Um, because the photo that's been doing around as well, the two of them having to shake hands afterwards, that mostly loved because it was the opportunity to make Dennis (laughs) kind of admit defeat and they've had to like cede to the FIA and the FIA have like caught them. Um, Yeah, he seemed to absolutely love that. You can see the like, yeah, the disdain in Dennis's face as well that that happened. So, um, sorry, I just that was an aside I really wanted to throw in there because no, 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 it was a good one. It was a good one, and um, yeah, I think um, I do kind of miss. I think with that, that does kind of I don't want to say it makes a sport better, but it's good when you have like personalities like that who genuinely mm-hmm. dislike each other, and they're both so good at what they do. So like they're there on merit, but they just kind of they clash, whatever. Ron, like Ron was quite good for that because you could tell like there were interviews where he would talk about someone. You're like, well, he he loathes this person he's talking about. Like they <laughs> yeah. genuinely just just dislikes them. Um, yeah, and it's um it's just good like any sport when you have that kind of animosity. But that's a great story. I think I've been told by people that it's true. So yeah, I think um and and like you said, Matt, as you can imagine, you can imagine Max Mosley saying it. Yeah, 100%. And also probably making that handshake in front of the photographers outside McLaren part of the arrangement like that, oh, yeah. that he yeah, that he had to <clears throat> yeah, he had you're to do right. because he knows how much Ron would have hated it. And he would have told all the photographers like look, get down there at 9 you'll get a shot of me shaking <laughs> yeah. Ron Dennis's hand. And like he walks out smugly like this is great. This is the best <laughs> moment of my life. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we do need more more of these kind of like uh relationships that aren't really good. Yes, I mean, yeah, there's there's a line sometimes. It's quite cool when people are getting on. But like you said, like when we've got a title fight this year, you want to see it really matter. You want to see like the pressure getting to people and just because it kind of amps it all up, doesn't it? It shows Mm -hmm. you how important it is. This is a world championship that people are fighting for. Like it's not just a, I don't know, an arrive and drive karting race. So 
but also how hard it is to compete in Formula One and the pressure that it puts on people that understandably we're all human beings. So you're all going to crack it. You know, people will crack, won't they? So it just shows, um, oh, see, Medlin's nodding at me and, and, and pointed at me, which means I've made a good point and he's got something to say. <laughs> you have, well, it was... That's how you know. Yeah. That's, the only, that's how you know on this podcast. If you get a, a, a nod and a finger from... Oh, that sounded weird. Nod and a, <laughs> from Medlin, then you're good. Um, it was because it was you saying about pressure and everyone's not easy. And then Nate's actually his uh, review. Yuki said, no, 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 no. Um, I saw Yuki in the airport when I got... So I was an absolute lush and flew back on Sunday night. Um, Part-timer. I know because I'm meant to be going to Indianapolis tomorrow and yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll get that. Um, yeah. But uh, so I flew back on Sunday night and uh, some Alpha Tarrier on the flight and Yuki was in the sort of passport control queue just ahead of me. I hadn't noticed he was even on the flight. He was you know, sat in the economy aisle seat. You know, he wasn't even, he didn't even get the luxury of a window, wasn't in business. Um, and yeah, he, he was just like, I hadn't even noticed he was there. He was completely normal on the plane, but uh as you do the switchbacks, you know, in those queues where you're just having to wait to go through a passport control or something. Uh, there was a couple of times we, we crossed paths and I hadn't said anything. So then when we got to another point where we stood near each other, I just kind of was sort of like half waved because he'd seen me. Um, and, and he was like, oh, hey, how's it going? I was like, yeah, good. Did you enjoy that? And obviously it was his first Monaco um, experience, like first time he's been there. And there's a point in the race, he held the fastest lap as well after his pit stop. Um, so I was just like, you know, was it cool to to drive Monica so I was like did you enjoy that and he was like what I was like did you enjoy that and he was like oh yeah if you call staring at the back of the Williams the whole race enjoying it and then <laughs> the lines moved and we, he was gone again and I just started to protest being like no I meant ah, oh, oh uh, never mind so um yeah I got absolutely hung up to drive by Yuki understandably so, um, yeah. so did you not see him again in another switchback that was your final switchback yeah that was the final switchback oh. and I did see him at uh, very briefly at the baggage control bit, but also there's a lot of Alpha Tauri like team members around. So one, they all had heard this exchange and clearly were like, <laughs> who's this tall of a <laughs> like stupid question? Of course he didn't enjoy it. Um, which was fair from their point of view, from what they heard. And two, that I just didn't have the balls to go back up and be like, no, no, I didn't mean, I didn't want to keep protesting and making it worse. So I was like, <clears throat> I'll just take it on the chin. Like, I should probably have thought to word it a bit better and not, why does anyone engage in conversations in those switchbacks? Because it never goes well, because you then have to yeah. all like disappear <clears throat> in different directions. Well, yeah, and, and that's exactly it. Like, because whatever you first say to someone, usually you're like, it, it, it needs a follow-up, right? In any conversation. And so when it does move, you're like, oh God. I'm not going to yeah. see that person ever again. Or, yeah. or you're wait, or you're looking like, okay, we, we'll switch back once again, but it'll be brief, and you'll get like a, yeah. maybe get like a five seconds. But like, oh, blah 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 blah. But you didn't even get that. Or you're so. too far away, like, and you could start the conversation from as you're getting closer yeah. to each other, but you're still quite a long way away. It's like, well, everyone else will hear this conversation if I start it now. So you're kind of looking knowingly, like, when we're closer, we'll do it. But then it moves too much, you go past each other. Yeah, oh, just... I remember. <clears throat> do you remember when you come back from Mexico and you get that little, you get that form when you get to mexico like the immigration form uh, or the i can't remember exactly what it is but you have to you have to have that with you when you go back yeah well they say that anyway and <clears throat> both times i'd been before i just kind of put it in my passport didn't think about it again the last time i went uh it was it it had fallen out of my passport into my bag <laughs> so i was at the line and they were like we need to see your thing i was like i was like sure, i don't have it and Kevin Magnuson was in the same queue. He was on the same flight. <clears throat> and he'd seen me. He was like, you're right. Like, as he walked in, I was like, you're right. And I was like, looking through my bag, like, oh, yeah, I'm just looking for that form thing. And he was like, he he actually asked me something. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, but I was so distracted. I was just like, yep, yep, 
like <laughs> in my bag. and so then before i knew it i was like doing that thing where you're unpacking your bag and it was it, i found it and uh i looked up and i realized like the whole house team had just walked past me like frantically like it, it, including Stu morrison i think who's our friend from head of comms um and he saw me later he was like what were you doing <laughs> and i was like oh i couldn't find that little piece of paper and he was like you idiot <laughs> like but the whole team were just and i was just like oh my god i'm gonna be stuck in mexico forever and obviously i wasn't but that was, it wasn't a switchback situation, but it was a similar one where, I, and then I, I saw them at the end. And I was like, should I go and explain myself? Don't think I will. Um, but yeah. It's, yeah. It, you get awkward like interactions in airports, don't you? Basically. In F1 you do, because usually everyone's on the, like one of the same, like three flights. So you end up seeing people and stuff like that. The amount of like awkward chats I've had with other journos who I kind of vaguely know. And then you see them like <clears throat> a few weeks later and you're like, oh, do they remember the chat we had? And then they, they ask you the same question they started off with last time. You're like, no, they don't. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, fair enough, whatever. I think it's just an unwritten rule that it's acceptable to do that because yeah, I think so. we, we're all so used to it and you see people fleetingly that I don't think anyone's going to hold it against you. So, Chris, I don't think Yuki's going to hold that uh, against I disagree. You. I think Yuki is now, <laughs> right this second, is like talking to Alpha Tower and he's like, I don't ever want to talk to that journalist again. Like, if he comes near me, I'm going to drop him. <laughs> I mean, I reckon Yuki would say, say something like that. No, I mean, that's fair too, to be honest. Yeah. I'll let him have it. Um, but <laughs> it, it, was, it was one of those where just, you know, when you open your mouth to start to kind of go, no, I meant, and then you're just left hanging. So everyone around is like, idiot. So yeah, that one hurt. Love that. But I did that's get great. to, I did, did get to take the piss out of a driver before flying because I saw Jack Aitken, um, who was on a charter, which is, you know, one of these things that Barreto gets. Uh, so they were waiting, <laughs> they were waiting to fly a bit later. And, um, I put a photo up on Instagram on Saturday, I think, of the marshals in Monaco and just how incredible they are because they are mentally good. Like how quickly, like they're so sharp with the flags, obviously for like a slow car or for a blue flag or whatever. But also then someone hits the wall in quite a lot of the support races. A driver would go off at turn one, hit the wall at Sandoval and they'd get the driver out and away and get the car craned away before the field would come round again to complete another lap. So you didn't need a safety car or anything. Like there was once, yeah, there was once it happened and the first four cars coming around again got a yellow flag to warn them that there was like a car still being craned away and then after that it was green again so it was as if nothing had happened it was so impressive and um and jack replied sort of saying like yeah they are insanely good they're like the best in the world and then um the next day he failed or that evening i think it was he failed to get off the line in the uh feature race in f2 he he i believe he stalled i might be wrong on like what actually went wrong but he didn't get off the line and he said he was sat there and was thinking oh God, they're so good that they're going to move me before the field get round so they won't need a safety car. He's like, if it was anywhere else, they'd have to throw the safety car and like bump start me and I could catch up with everyone and like restart from the back of the field. And he's like, he's like, they're, they're too good here. So he's like, it came back to bite him that um, kind of praise for them because he's like, if they were useless, my race wouldn't have been ruined, but <laughs> that'll teach you for stalling. So uh, yeah, I did, um, I did remind him of that. So you mentioned charter flights there. That's Lawrence has upgraded now. From charter flights to Flight? riding to actually piloting yachts. <laughs> sent us this clip the other day. Talk us through that story because that was nuts. Just to clarify, so Lawrence every so often will just drop in a video from from on site and he's like, "Oh, this this uh, this is just me driving this yacht around Monaco <laughs> Harbour." <laughs> oh yeah, pretty common occurrence, Nate. Yeah, no, I'm 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 doing you I'm doing you a dirty though. That, that doesn't ever happen. <laughs> so <it> was, <laughs> the grin on his face as well, being like, "Guys, guys." So I think that. One of the best things about Monaco, uh, and you guys will know, is that 
most of the time we get to go on boats for for whatever reason someone will host a party a media event a social occasion or whatever at some point during the weekend and over the last few years that's kind of reduced uh, for various reasons I guess uh, the economy or, or they just don't like journalists anymore they don't want them on, their, on boats anymore but uh, and that's one thing that I've really missed and I appreciate to be clear that I'm very lucky to be going on a boat once in my life let alone expected it every year good caveat <laughs> yeah, massive, <laughs> massive caveat. Anyway, so this year, um, um, some of my colleagues were getting a, a boat into um, into the paddock each day because their hotel was on the other side of of the harbour, um, and my hotel wasn't uh, in a location which required a boat. So I was like, oh, I'd, I, you know, I'd, I'd love to go on the boat. You know, I'd just go to the, I'd just go to the hotel and, and I'll come back with you. So I went on the boat uh, with my boss back to her hotel, and then we were. He was just uh, getting things ready to go. And I was like, can I have a go? Like, can I, uh, you know, take the wheel? And I fully expected him to say, well, no, you idiot. Why would I let you This is drive like, like, this is an actual boat. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was stunned that he let you do it. That's and I, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's some pretty expensive boats in Monaco Harbour that you don't want to hit. So <laughs> that's a bit you imagine that? If we'd all, if, you know, everyone wakes up, it's a sleepy Sunday in Monaco. <laughs> everyone's like, what's going on in the harbour? It's like, well, so the Formula One employee's yacht went straight into the strolls yacht <laughs> and then it and then the wreckage like went into the red bull floater home so everything's just sinking the and the race is now off sinking. yeah the race is the race is off and it's all this guy's fault <laughs> like, just shows this close up of lawrence Barretta. they just want to the debate of me like this going <laughs> with fingers like going yeah, yeah next great. week Barretto pilots a forklift truck around a multi-story car park full of ferraris <laughs> and lamborghinis so yeah. see how that goes <laughs> what could go wrong well you'll be you'll be driving the baku truck do you remember when they drove into the the overpass at baku when they were <laughs> with the williams up george russell's uh, yeah, with yeah. George russell's car. That'd yeah, be, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious like they picked his car up and everyone was like you could see it from a mile away couldn't you like they were driving towards that thing that goes over the circuit and it was like that that truck is bigger than that, tr- <laughs> that truck isn't gonna stop, fit stop. And we were like stop stop he's gonna stop he'll see it he surely will see it and he didn't and he just went straight into it and it was like oh my word that's hilarious yeah. uh, did you make um, that beretta I did not. I, I, I'm delighted to say I did not shunt the boat. Um, we went pretty high speed. It wasn't so choppy, so I didn't get to get much air like and hitting waves. But I did do this thing where, you know, like rally drivers, they turn left before they turn right into a right-hander to get to kick the back out. So Scandinavian like, flick. There we go. Medland, I knew you'd know. Um, so he said, well, have a go. So I did it like gently left and then gently right. He was like, no, you need to do it properly. So I went gently left and then pulled the wheel all the way around. Oh, no, I got so excited. I moved my laptop cam. And, <laughs> so you had your laptop it... with you on the yacht? <laughs> <laughs> you can see he's there. Look at it in his eyes. He's reliving this. He's loving it. Yes. And then I went right. And obviously, I just didn't expect the boat basically to go 45 degrees to the other side. And he was like, oh, I didn't mean to go that aggressive to me. And I was like, oh, shit. I know, nearly crashed. Sorry, I swearing. I was like, I didn't mean to nearly crash your boat. And then, uh, so I was like, oh, so then I went a bit more gentle. And then he redirected me towards the harbour, uh, towards a concrete wall. Because I think, like you were saying, there's, there's tons of boats parked in the harbour, but also just outside the entry point where they close the gates basically at night each night. So I was like, okay, he wants me to go this way because maybe there's a lane system going on. And we're getting closer and closer to the wall. And he goes, you're not going to drive into the wall, are you? I was like, well, <laughs> you directed me in this direction. So I had pulled it over to the left and then uh, we just cruised into the marina. It was clearly the best thing that I've ever done in Monaco. I mean, at this point, I feel like I'm there with you. <laughs> the way you're telling the story, I feel like I'm on the boat. Ah, <laughs> oh, chaps, I really want a boat. I think that's why I left that 
experience with. I really would love my own boat. Channel 4 has changed you. The Christ. funny thing with Monaco was when I went, I remember, like you said, there's just yachts there. The, the one time I did was 2019. And I remember seeing some of the yachts and we were trying to just find prices of yachts for an article that we were writing. And I ended up looking and I was like, oh, yeah, I'd probably buy this if I could buy a yacht. Buy... And it's like, and, and, I, and I, had to, I had to like be like, dude, there's no way in a million years you're going to be able to buy a yacht. But I was sat there like, oh, this one, the decor on this one, like, I like the outside space there, you know, good opportunity for like, you know, for a few outdoor parties, like, like talking to myself as if I was ever going to buy this thing. Um, well, funny you should I'd say love, that because when we were leaving, I think on Saturday, um, at some point anyway, um, leaving the circuit, uh, I had a look in one of the uh, yacht shops that are along the kind of terrace that's behind the paddock, basically. There's this big building that runs along the side um, out towards the sea that is by Raskas. And then the paddock's all along the side of there. And underneath you can walk, there's a bar and um, there was a shop that's got a lot of yachts set in the window. So I can tell you that Barreto's type of boat that he was driving was worth about one to 1.2 million euros. Wow. Wow. Um, Imagine if you had chanted that. That would have been amazing. That's why I look. I sent the I sent the video to my dad. He was like, "Why do you look so nervous?" I was like, "I was driving like a um, and they're very expensive." It's like that boat is worth yacht. more than I'm I'm going to earn in my life. Like ever, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like ever. that. I'm never going to come close to that in my life. And I was Wait, riding it for some reason. I thought that's I mean, what your Channel Four retainer was. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. Sorry, I I, I was speaking before, like, post uh, sorry preseason before you became a big star TV guy. It's the money that Meadows could have earned if Netflix hadn't dropped him from uh, to Survive. Nah, he made enough from that first season. Don't you worry. That is his face when I said that. It was like, ah, oh, there was pain. Firstly, there was, pain. there was no payment for Drive to Survive, which was fine. But, you know, everyone else got a bottle of champagne for the third season. So he did just it. Waiting. He, he did it for the love of Formula One. <laughs> I did. Secondly, what was funny, genuinely, I got recognized getting my COVID test in Monaco, where I like they scan your pass and I still have my mask on. But as soon as my name came up on like the app that the woman had scanned, she was like Chris Medland, and then since I dropped my um, dropped my mask, she was like, "You were on uh, Netflix, weren't you?" I was like, "Yep," uh, and hoped that would mean I'd get a nicer test. But of course, it's actually someone else who administers it, so it didn't make any difference. But then she asked me on the so then that was on my second test, so it would have been Friday, which I needed to be able to fly home in time. And then my third test was Sunday morning, just because that's like the final window you can get tested while you're there. And she was asking me about who was going to win, and she she was a huge Leclerc fan. Um, she was local. She really wanted him to do well. She was like, "Do you think he's going to?" And I was like, "Yeah." I said, "I think it will be him or Max." But I'm, I reckon, yeah. Just as long as that gearbox is fine, he needs to get away cleanly, and he's got it. Uh, and yeah, I, I said, "Yeah." I thought he was going to do it, and because I was also like, when a curse ends, it normally ends in good style. Like you know, Max winning at Imola, like the, the Italy curse was ended with a victory. I was like, "Yeah, I think, I think that's how it's going to go for Charles." But uh, it didn't. Turns out. Uh, but to be fair, so we were going to talk about this, weren't we? That it was um you know would you have changed the gearbox or not if you mm. were the fry team principal but it, it actually turns out that would have been pointless if you changed it it would have yeah. made no difference it was it the drive shaft that needed yeah. yeah but i think i would have checked things like the drive shaft i know it sounds silly but yeah <laughs> that in, i would have yeah. oh, been like it. i'd have been like hey guys you know the rest of the car yeah. Should we just have a look? Like, put yeah, let's pop the bonnet and uh, and have a little look. Like yeah, this... but they haven't got enough time though to do it all, have they? Well, well... they, they kind of have. I think it's a safe. It's sort of a safety thing, isn't it? It's making sure the thing will run. You look at the the items that need to function for the car to run, 
and they said they didn't check the drive shaft because it was the other corner. It's like, yeah, but the, the kind of force that must go through it when a car stops. Yeah, the whole by car must wall. have like shaked quite badly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I'm and also just shaked, 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 shooken, shaked, shooketh, shake and bake. <laughs> but also, like, you know, Stefano De Mercalli's head of F1 now, just be like, look, Stefano, you used to be Ferrari boss, like, just let us change the car. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, okay. <laughs> when it was Prince Albert, because he's such grid. a nice guy. Yeah, I saw Prince Albert on the grid. It was like they should have just gone right. Uh, actually, there's a, a, a royal decree right now, and we're going to hold the race tomorrow. When, uh, yeah. funny enough, a dry shaft can be fixed. I thought they were going to come out, but like, we can't race now. It's the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? We can't do this yeah. and just cancel it. And so, then they would. And then the race result would be the grid. Yeah. Okay. That would have worked. That would have been great, wouldn't it? So that's how we would have handled it to uh, save Charles' weekend. But... Yeah. Poor Charles. Next time, don't hit the wall. Yeah, next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's a good solution, right? Don't hit the wall. Yeah, it it was guided for him, but that's his own fault. So, um, um but we're going to have to wrap soon. But before we do, thanks to the train. Uh, I'm really bad. Boys, at I time I time that. <laughs> oh, unless you... it's a, unless it's a box, and then I can wrap. And then it, if it's a weird shape, I can't. Uh, he might be bad at wrapping, but he's he's good at advertising his next orders. Oh yeah. Have you had a crash that was probably your fault, but not completely? We've all been there, haven't we? A crash around our hometown streets. Big day on Sunday. Need the car fixed. You've come to the right place. It's here. Benotto and Sons. Ferrari Corps. We'll fix that car up. And it'll be good as new. Right as rain. For your big day. And your big day will be a special day. A perfect day. A beautiful day. A winning day. Right? <laughs> wow. Um, that's stunning. Yeah, I mean, Nate. Basically, if it, yeah, when Ferrari want to sponsor this podcast, and you read, <laughs> I cannot wait. <laughs> We're like, just don't listen to that episode. Um, yeah. Um, sorry, I just couldn't help myself there. That was one of the many voice notes that Nate had sent over. Yeah, I yes, I was procrastinating pretty hard, and I was like, I'm going to make voice notes, which is apparently what I do when I'm when I'm procrastinating. I don't think we could end this podcast on any higher a note, Nate. That was uh, sensational. I uh, I look forward to vo- future voice notes. I'm sure our listeners look forward to future voice notes. Uh, <laughs> we're going to wrap this up right now, mainly because uh, Chris Midland is um, hopefully going to Indy, aren't you? So I want a 60 second review of Indy from you, Meadows, on the next podcast. Is that is that is that doable? Well, so y- yes, I will try that. Mainly because half of it will be like, yeah, I don't know what happened with their race, but also. <laughs> There's jeopardy here, people, before we sign off, in that I am meant to fly in just under 23 hours. And as it stands, I have no idea if I'm allowed to actually go. Because <laughs> to get into America right now, you have to have something called a national interest exemption. I won't bore you with all the details, but I just had to submit all my documents and, you know, um, the a letter that showed I'd been commissioned to write about the event and what I was going there to do. Uh, show my visa, blah, blah, blah. Did all of that with, well within the window. And then it just says, you know, sit and wait and we'll get back to you to let you know. And they make a very specific point as well, not to chase them up because they'll do it as quickly as they can. And, and you know, you're here as soon as they can tell you. Uh, and I'm still waiting over two weeks later. Uh, and there's only a small window that they let you apply in. So you can't do it much earlier because they don't want this huge backlog. Uh, so I am still waiting with less than 23 hours to go. And I don't really know what I'm going to do. So definitely call them today and be like, I feel like now is fair <laughs> to chase this yeah. up. Like, I think so. Because Jess was meant to be going uh, and it doesn't look like she will be now. It's not clear, but she had to do the same sort of thing and got response. There was something wrong with the application within like what was essentially 24 working hours. So it was Friday morning. She'd sent something and Monday morning they got back to her. So I'm like, um, guys, like, there's a queue, surely. Can I? Can I like, I'm British. I, I wait my turn. But yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, I'm still waiting on that. Um, and it's I'm nervy. I'm either going to have like an awesome weekend where I get to go to the Indy 500 for the first time and complete the Triple Crown and do some mega interviews and stuff, or I'm just going to be crying watching it on my sofa. Um, so yeah, you'll find out next in the next episode. If it's next week, it will mean it's because there was the Indy 500 and I was there, and I'll yeah. do a review. And yeah, it's not. Well, we'll, we'll do a, we'll do a really short episode where you can do a little review like that. And we'll, and we'll talk indie because I, I love talking indie. I think it's one of my favorite topics. I don't know if you guys know that. I didn't. I didn't know that. Nate. I went a few years ago, which is I didn't you know, know that either. Yeah, you so, never mentioned it ever. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> um, but no, I went. Yeah, the Indy Five Hundred, uh, which is a big race in America. So, um, <laughs> wow. I love dropping into conversation with people who don't even know racing. I'm like, yeah, there's this race called the Indy Five Hundred, which is you know the greatest spectacle on earth. They call it. I mean, I, I went in 2017. <laughs> yeah, that's that's by and by. That doesn't really matter. <laughs> They're like, dude, we're talking about like Liverpool or something, like a football club. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> their owners are American, right? So, <laughs> and that's where the Indy 500 is. So, <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing for you, mate, if you can go, because it's awesome. Fingers crossed. It's just a very weird situation to be in right now. By the time this goes live, I should hopefully know. But um, yeah, I might not. I might still be about to go to bed, not knowing if I'm getting up to leave or or stuck here. So, um, yeah, it's a bit, bit nerve wracking, but all the fun. Hashtag. Pray for Medland. <laughs> Good luck, Medland. If Medis. you're listening to this, please, please pray for Medland, or don't you yeah, pray to whatever you believe in? It doesn't have to be a prayer. It can be a wish. Th- you can wish upon a star for Medland. <laughs> Well, I think either way, we're in for a good story on the next podcast. Either you made it, Medus, or, or, or you didn't. So uh, let's wait and see. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Boys, thanks for joining. You can read Medus' work on racer.com, Nate's work on ESPN.com, and my work on F1.com. Please remember to hit subscribe and follow us on our social channels. Uh, we'll do this again sometime very, very soon. See you. Uh, bye. See you later. Network.